Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews, please. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. With a strong word of admonition that we looked at last week, we move on into a new section which begins in verse number 32 of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, let's read verse number 32 and then we will pray. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 32. It reads, But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of Bible study. Thank you for your precious word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us from your precious word this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. As I've said with this very strong word of admonition that we looked at from verses 26 to 31 concerning willful sin, we begin a new section here in verse number 32. And within this passage of Scripture from verses 32 down to the end of the chapter, God gives us some very timely wisdom and help on how to be kept from becoming an apostate. Now it's important that we understand what apostasy is. Apostasy involves knowing truth and turning your back on it. In church history, Bible-believing Christians were uh, often challenged to recant. The word recanting was used by the Roman Catholic Church and they were called upon in order to escape persecution to recant or in other words, to turn back to the Roman Catholic Church. And in doing so, that person would be committing apostasy. And unfortunately, some in church history did recant. They didn't become apostates under pressure. They had the truth and they went back to false teaching. And God is concerned about these Hebrew Christians becoming apostate, turning back to Judaism, turning back to a works-based salvation as opposed to a faith-based salvation. So that's why there is such a solemn warning here that we've just studied from verses 26 to 31, climaxing in verse number 31 where it reads, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
So how can we be kept from becoming apostates? In having the truth, turning back from it. Now that could take place uh, by a genuine Christian, it is possible, but also, obviously it's going to take place if that person professes to be a Christian, but yet they do not possess true life in Christ. So, uh, we need to be mindful of that, that you and I that know Christ as Saviour, we can be guilty of becoming apostate in having the truth turning back to that which is not true. Now, in contrast, a heretic is a person that never had the truth. That's what we call heresy, or a person that believes heresy, for example, a denial that Jesus Christ is eternal God, that is heresy. And a person that believes that is a heretic. So we would call the teachings of the Jehovah's Witness uh, cult as heresy. They are heretics. Uh, So there is heresy, there is apostasy. So a heretic does not possess, never had the possession of truth within cults like the Mormons, the JWs, there was never truth. These religions were started upon false doctrine. They are heretical cults. They teach heresy. But an apostate is a person that has truth. They've been exposed to truth. They've responded to biblical truth. And they have chosen to turn back from that truth. And the book of Hebrews is a book that is exhorting these Hebrew Christians, those that have acknowledged Jesus Christ as the Messiah, not to turn back to Judaism. So therefore God gives us a solemn warning from verses 26 to 31. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Now note here in verse number 32 that this next passage begins with the word but. But. Call to remembrance. This shows us a sharp contrast. We have been given a profoundly serious warning given to those that choose to willfully sin against God and the judgment that they will experience from willful sin. But, verse 32 begins with a contrast. See, God will judge severely those that know the truth and turn their backs on the truth. And we study then verse number 29, how much sore punishment, more so for you and I that are New Testament Christians, that acknowledge Jesus Christ as Saviour, there is a harsher judgment upon us if we turn back from the truth. 
for it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. So God gives us from verse 32, I guess you could say some positive principles that will help us to move forward. God has given us a very strong warning, very strong warning, extremely strong warning. You turn your back on truth willfully, you will be judged. Full stop. Very harsh, it would seem. Not harsh, but just. That's the truth of the matter. Warning from God. Now, God gives us some principles, some, I guess you could say, positive principles that will help us to keep moving forward and not become an apostate. So the title of my sermon this morning is How to be kept from becoming an apostate. How to be kept from becoming an apostate. See, God was pleading with these Hebrew believers there's nothing to go back to in Judaism. You have the truth. Don't apostate. So God gives a solemn warning. Now he gives some wisdom that will enable God's people to keep moving forward and that will help you and I to keep moving forward lest we become a castaway. Turn with me quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. Note what the great apostle Paul said in this verse. He said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The word castaway means to be disqualified. And the Apostle Paul said, I'm doing everything in my might, under the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit, to live out a disciplined Christian life, lest I, during the course of my ministry as a preacher, become a castaway. I'm disqualified from the ministry. So how can you and I be kept from becoming an apostate? It begins by thinking biblically. That's where we begin. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 10. We must think Biblically. Note the phrase there in Hebrews 10.32. But call to remembrance the former days. If you and I are to be kept from becoming an apostate, turning our back on biblical truth, we need to think biblically. Call to remembrance, the Bible teaches us, the former days. This little phrase, call to remembrance, literally means to bring to the forefront of your mind the following. Past experiences. See, God is trying to keep these Hebrew believers from becoming apostates, turning back on truth. So he encourages them to think biblically by calling to remembrance, to bring back to mind, to the forefront of their mind, former days, past experiences. 
And note then verse 32, it goes on to read, but called to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated. Illuminated. So in thinking biblically, in order to be kept from becoming a castaway or becoming apostate, I need to think back to the old days of when I was illuminated. To illuminate means to shed light upon. And this is in reference to conversion. Conversion experience. Consider the change that has taken place in your life because of what Christ has done for you. Think back to your conversion. So how can we begin to think biblically and therefore be kept from becoming a castaway, kept from becoming an apostate? We need to think back to that day of conversion, the day that you and I received Jesus Christ as personal Saviour. We should never lose sight of that day but we should meditate upon that day. Often thank God for that day and that will help you and I to be kept from becoming an apostate as we recall our conversion experience. I still remember the day in 1978 that I was converted to Jesus Christ. I was wearing a green top, blue jeans, white sneakers. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was cloudy. And I met a man who opened up the Bible and showed me how I can have forgiveness, have the hope of eternal life. And there on Broughton Road, in the home of John Saga, my friend, I bowed on his mattress, mattress on the floor, with a youth pastor, and I received Jesus Christ as my personal saviour. And I remember that day so vividly. I remember walking home, not fully understanding what had happened, but I felt like this big load had lifted. This big load had just dropped off my back. I was only a 14-year-old kid, but I knew something had happened. And God tells us in the Word of God, if you and I are to be kept from becoming an apostate, called to remembrance the former days in which you were illuminated and it will protect you from becoming an apostate. Do you have a conversion experience? Can you testify of a day that you received Jesus Christ as Saviour? I trust your answer to that is yes, Pastor, I can. Never forget it. Constantly bring it to mind. Think about it. I often think about my conversion experience and the details of that day. That's good for us. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And you will note in the ministry of the great apostle Paul recorded within the pages of Scripture time and time again his salvation testimony. 
when he was enlightened, so to speak. Martin Luther in the 1500s, from reading the scriptures, a former Catholic priest, he began reading the scriptures and he could see from the scriptures that a man is justified by faith alone. And he came to the point of salvation within a Catholic monastery. He realised that salvation is not a works, it is by faith. Martin Luther was a young Christian. He was a very colourful Christian. You ought to read about him. Had six kids, married a nun. He and his um, wife, former nun, had a side ministry of smuggling nuns out of the Catholic Church. And Martin Luther ended up marrying a fiery redhead nun. Went on and had six children. It's to Martin Luther we credit the principle of singing congregationally in worship to God. Where did that come from, Martin Luther? Well, Martin Luther was a young Christian. He still had this awe of Rome. And he said, I've got to visit Rome. I've got to see headquarters where the holies of holies reigns, the Pope. So he made this journey to Rome from Germany by foot. He eventually got there. Long, long way. No trains, no buses back then. And he got there and not long after he was there he realised that this is not the headquarters of holiness, this is the den of iniquity and wickedness. And he witnessed that amongst the priests first and foremost there in Rome. He was very disheartened. So in order to encourage his soul, he decided, before I go back to Germany, I'm going to walk up this set of steps, this staircase, which apparently, according to the Roman Catholic Church, was the very staircase upon which our Lord Jesus walked upon in order to stand before the high priest, Caiaphas. Apparently this staircase was miraculously transported to Rome. And it's there in the Vatican City. And pilgrims would come if they were privileged enough, they would on their knees. Nobody was worthy to walk up this staircase. Because the Lord Jesus supposedly walked up this staircase to be tried by Caiaphas. So pilgrims on their knees would make their way up this staircase. Reflecting upon what Christ went through. Now what do you think, Pastor, about that staircase that the Roman Catholics believe was taken from Jerusalem? to Rome, miraculously transported there. What do you think about that, 
Well, I'm glad you've asked. A lie. Absolute lie. What absolute nonsense. That's about as true as Simon Peter being buried there in Vatican City. That's another lie. There's no historical proof that Simon Peter ever went to Rome. There's no biblical proof that Simon Peter ever went to Rome. But yet they claim they have the body, the remains of Simon Peter, the first Pope. By the way, that was married. They believe they have his remains there. Absolute lie. Well, anyway, Martin Luther is a young Christian, so don't be too harsh on him. And he's been disillusioned with the wickedness of what he could see there in Rome. So as he's making his way up this staircase on his knees, he hears a voice. He claims it was from God. And the voice said, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. He jumped to his feet and he realized what he was doing. And he was reminded of the fact that I'm not justified by works, I'm justified by faith. So as quick as he could, he went back to Germany. See, he was reminded of his conversion experience. He was illuminated. And because of his visit to Rome, he could have been potentially, he could have become an apostate. He could have gone back into the church. But his remind, the reminder of his conversion enabled him to move forward and he jumped to his feet. He didn't complete that journey up that staircase. Illuminated. Beloved, if you and I are to be kept from apostasy, we need to think biblically. We need to consider and meditate upon our conversion experience. But also note here in Hebrews chapter 10 that God encourages these believers to consider their past persecutions. End of verse 32 it reads, And ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly while ye were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions and partly while she became companions of them that were so used. In thinking biblically, in order to be kept from apostasy, beloved, you and I need to consider our salvation. And secondly, we need to consider, meditate upon our persecutions. That which she endured. And God encourages His people to consider the fact that they for the cause of Christ, that they have to this point experienced some difficulties, some persecutions. He uses the little phrase there, a gazing stock. And that means a spectacle. You will put on show 
This word translated gazing stuck is from the word we get theta. A theta to put on a presentation. And God is encouraging these people, hey, don't become an apostate. Think biblically. Consider the day that you were illuminated. And consider the fact that you were and have been persecuted for the cause of Christ. That you've experienced persecution just like your spiritual forefathers experienced persecution by those that rejected Christ. Stephen was stoned. James the Apostle was beheaded. And down through history we have many, many men and women of God that have given their lives for the sake of truth. And you and I as God's people, how can we possibly consider apostasy when we consider those that have gone before us, those that have shed their blood for the cause of Christ? All the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And God is saying to these Hebrew Christians, don't apostate. Consider that you were persecuted for the sake of Christ and consider your spiritual forefathers, your companions that were also persecuted for truth and why would you ever turn away from it? All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And note that at the end of verse 32 the phrase, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. So no doubt some of these Hebrew Christians experienced great difficulty for the cause of Christ. And God is encouraging them, be mindful of that, and be mindful of those in time past that have given their lives for the sake of truth. And may that keep us from apostasy. And also note there in verse 34, another principle for ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Note the little phrase there in verse 34, ye had compassion of me in my bonds, in my imprisonments, when I was bound, plural. This little phrase here is probably the strongest argument for those that would say that the Apostle Paul is the author of the book of Hebrews. Because he uses that phrase, bonds, regularly. So, you'll find those that are very adamant that the Apostle Paul wrote this book, they would point back to this particular phrase. And whoever the human author of this book is, and by the way, God would have told us if he wanted us to know, whoever the human author of this book is, He said to these believers, how can you possibly be an apostate when you consider 
that you were once illuminated, you have uh, endured much persecution to this point, and so have your spiritual forefathers, and how can you possibly apostate and turn back from the truth when you have ministered so sacrificially, especially to my needs? And God will reward you for that. For he said, you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. You gave of your excess, your bounty, your spoils, Yes, these Hebrews, these Hebrew Christians need to think about the past. And beloved, what will keep you and I from becoming an apostate spiritually? We need to think spiritually. We need to think biblically. Think about our salvation. Consider what we've endured thus far for the sake of Christ. Consider our ministry, what we've done for the cause of Christ. Are you going to turn your back on all of that? Are you going to turn your back on your conversion? Are you going to turn your back on once upon a time you were persecuted for truth? Are you going to turn your back on all that ministry for the cause of Christ? For the benefit of God's people? Oh, beloved, may God help us to think biblically. This will keep us from becoming an apostate. Secondly, verses 35 to 37 teaches us that we need to rest in God's promises. We need to think biblically, number one, and secondly, we need to rest in God's promises. Note verses 35 to 37. Cast not away therefore your confidence which have great recompense and reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise. For yet a little while and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. So God said to these believers, don't cast away, don't throw off or give up your confidence. So the context here is in... The context is to cleave unto God's promises. Rest in God's promises. Don't become an apostate. Rest in God's promises. For ye have need of patience, the Bible teaches us in verse 36. That in doing the will of God, and having done the will of God, you might receive the promise. There is great reward, beloved, in you and I being faithful to God. We need patience in walking in obedience to God's Word. Yes, there will be difficulties within the Christian life. There will be trouble in the Christian life. But you and I need to have patience and cleave unto the promises of God because if we do the will of God, God will reward us because God always keeps His promises. We need patience. It was John Bunyan who spent 12 years in Bedford Jail there in England. Didn't cast off his confidence. He continued to be faithful. Even from his prison cell, he would preach to the multitude as they came to his cell. He would preach. Didn't cast off his confidence. And he redeemed the time. It was within that prison cell that he wrote a classic known as Pilgrim's Progress. 
That second to the Bible is the most read piece of Christian literature. Why? Because John Bunyan did not cast off his confidence. He remained true to the promises of God's Word. So whether you're going through a time of difficulty, beloved, don't cast off your confidence in the Lord. Patiently claim His promises, for He will keep His Word. For John Bunyan, he was also motivated by the regular visits of his little daughter by the name of Mary. Mary was his eldest. had a soft spot for Mary. John Bunyan, she was blind. It was his eldest daughter. On a regular basis, she would bring a jug of soup to Dad. Regularly. See, his jail wasn't far from home. He lived in Bedford. The jails of Bedford. And the regular visits by his little sweet Mary, blind, that would faithfully minister to Dad by bringing soup from Mum, would motivate him. I can't quit. I can't recant. I can't become an apostate. I need to be true to God's Word. God brought me here for a reason and God will get me out. Beloved, don't cast off your confidence. Be faithful to the Lord. Claim and cleave to God's promises. Because for those of us that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, we have the hope of the soon return of Christ. Note verse number 37, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Jesus Christ is coming again. And we need to cleave under that promise. Beloved, how can we be kept from apostasy? Think biblically. Number two, rest in God's promises. And last but not least, don't miss this point. We need to continue to walk by faith. Walk by faith. Look at verse number 38. Now the just shall live by what? Faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. God is displeased with those that turn back. Do you want to displease God? Of course not. If you know him, you don't want to displease God, so don't turn back. Don't consider turning back. Think biblically. Rest in God's promises. Be prepared to walk by faith. The just shall walk by faith. If we're to be kept from apostasy, just as we've been saved by faith, we need to walk by faith. Note then verse number 6 of chapter 11, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. We cannot please God unless we walk by faith. Faith is the key to be kept from becoming an apostate. We are saved by faith, we are to walk by faith. No matter our circumstances, we need to refuse to cast off our confidence and we need to patiently do the will of God, resting in the fact that God will keep His promises. For our hope is in the Scriptures. 
So if you and I are to be kept from turning back, we need to think biblically. We need to fill our minds with Bible truth. Your conversion, your persecutions, your ministry, for example. We need to cleave and claim God's promises and patiently wait upon God to fulfil those promises. And last but not least, we need to walk by faith. We need to identify with Jesus Christ by walking by faith. Look at verse number 39. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. That's in reference to hellfire. Those that draw back that are not saved will die and go to a Christless eternity. And the author of this book is saying, we are not of those that turn back because we're not saved. We are redeemed. So therefore we will continue to press forward. We will continue to walk by faith. As verse 39 goes on to read, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We are not of them who draw back under perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So we prove that we are in Christ by not turning back, but by moving forward. So how can we possibly move forward? By faith. We're saved by faith. We need to live by faith. I think sometimes we can be tempted to turn our back on God because we get tired of living the Christian life by faith. We want to go back to sight, religion. And may God spare us. And it's with that mention of the just shall live by faith we have the following chapter, which is all about what? Talk to me. The great heroes of the faith. Is that a coincidence? No. And as we study the lives of these individuals in Hebrews 11, it should encourage us to continue to walk by faith. That's another sermon. Maybe a couple of sermons. Chapter 11. So in closing, beloved, how can you and I be kept from turning back? Number one, think biblically. Fill your mind with the Word of God. And God has given us some examples Think about your conversion. Replay it in your mind how you were converted, came to Christ. Consider, think about how you were once persecuted for living godly. How you were once upon a time the gazing stock in the workplace, maybe. Or in the schoolyard, or in the neighbourhood or amongst family for some. Consider 
your ministry. You've served God. Are you going to turn your back on all that? So think biblically. Number two, cleave and claim God's promises. And last but not least, this is the absolute core key. The just shall live by faith. That's how you and I can be kept from becoming an apostate. So God is trying to encourage these Hebrew Christians, don't go back, move forward. And Christian, don't go back, move forward. Think biblically, cleave and claim God's promises and accept the fact that we're saved by faith and we must walk by faith. Let's bow for prayer.